Hey there, Jets fans. Welcome back for episode two of the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is AJ, and I'm very sorry if you're tired of hearing my voice from the first episode, but I promise that won't always be the case, but it will be again today for episode two. Um, anyhow, episode two, I'll just give you a quick breakdown, is basically a roundtable discussion with myself, Roddy, and Daniel. If you don't know who they are, you'll get used to hearing their voices. Um, we talk about prospects, we talk about the draft, we talk about lineups, we talk about last season, playoffs. Uh, Coach Maurice. We talk about a lot of different things, so just enjoy it. I'm going to let this episode stand on its own, as that being the only part of it, because coming up in episode three, we actually have a whole bunch of interviews lined up with different interesting guests. Um, some of them are going to be and include in episode three and or four. Um, Jake Baskin, uh, we're going to interview him talking about some American prospects uh, in the jet system. Uh, obviously, Dylan Sandberg comes to mind for a lot of people. Uh, doing an interview with the original Jetstream podcast guys, Joe and Travis. Travis is on his way to Winnipeg uh, from Mode East. So we're going to do an interview with them. Uh, Brian is going to be doing an interview with Matt Barlow, who is an analytics guy, for those of you who like that stuff. And they're both American, so they'll give you all the American accents you can handle. Uh, Cassie from Jets Nation is going to be on. Um, Roddy is going to be doing an interview with uh, Harrison from Baltimore, who is also a Jets Nation writer. Um, he's going to talk about his trip here during the playoff run uh, when the Jets were playing Nashville uh, at that time. Uh, he's got some interesting stories from that. And then also Chris Mackling, my good friend, is going to be interviewing Ryan Browning, who is a very intelligent uh, Jets mind. I'm not really sure the topics or the questions that they're going to discuss, but uh, it should be good. Ryan's been a guest on a bunch of different podcasts before, so he's pretty good. But this episode two, me, Roddy, Daniel, just going at it, just talking. And then also, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention, also Daniel. Uh, I interviewed Daniel about the Moose. So for those of you that are really interested in the Moose signings and those players and depth and everything, Daniel goes to a lot of Moose games. So he's going to talk about that, and it's pretty cool. So those will pretty much make up episodes three and four, so with a bunch of different interviews. But this episode two is not like that. Hopefully you enjoy it. Give us your comments. That's it. Enjoy. And that's it. And we're recording. Okay, this is AJ again, recording here live in our luxurious studio. I'm here with Roddy. What up? And Daniel. Hey. <laughs> and we're going to be uh, shooting the shit about the Jets for a little bit here. So, um, Roddy, we were talking off air before we started recording about the, the Stasny thing, and now you were saying, who's who's moving into that lineup? What do you, you know, there, there's going to be some changes, obviously. Uh, Roslovic looks like he's ready. Stasny is, looks like he's ready for Vegas. And Hendricks isn't back. So, so what, are, what is this lineup going to look like? Where's the, where's the changes? Who's, who's in, who's out? Well, you know, the, the natural thing would be to put Rosalick into the lineup and have him center the third line, I think, is is key. And, you know, kind of hoping for Little to assume the role that he should be in at, at, at number two center, right? So um, I'm going to be optimistic and, and say that um, last season was an outlier as far as uh, Brian Little's concerned. Um, he was injured to start the year, and he was injured for most of the year, a good part of the year anyways. And and him being uh, not at 100%, uh, you know, he came back into the lineup, but who's to say he was at 100%. So, And he's played injured before. So yeah. each of the last four seasons he played somewhat injured, and he's, he still, uh, you know, outperformed a great deal of the 
of the players on the team, right? So, so you think last year was more of just an outlier for him, not as much a, a telling of the future right no. now? You don't think the writing's on the wall for him? How, old is, how old is he? Daniel, you know that he's... Thing. 30, 30, I think. Yeah, he's 30. 30. So he's two years younger than... Uh, oh, than Stassi, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, and just look at every other season other than last season. Right. You know, a guy can have an off year because of injury. Right. And, you know, and he champed it out the last two or three seasons. I know that he was injured for sure. He's, he's spent time on the DL in, in, in each season, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, you know, and I've, I always, I've always said that he was the most consistent yeah. jet that that there was, right? Other than Blake Wheeler. Obviously, Blake yeah. Wheeler's come into his own the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. You look back and you try to see who's performed as a Jet, and I think Brian Little's, Brian Little's the guy that's been most consistent. You know, it's interesting. I, I can't remember who it was that said that. I think it might have been off the old podcast, somebody mentioning that they thought Blake Wheeler would be the one to deteriorate kind of quicker than Brian Little because of the way that he plays, kind of like just with the speed that he plays where it would be more noticeable his game, and Brian Little's game is a little bit mm-hmm. quieter and – you know, he's, I don't know if he's ever thrown a hit. Wheeler throws in a, a couple. And to see, it was kind of, was it paradoxical? Is that the right word? To to see, you know, Blake Wheeler have one of his best mm. point seasons, right? Or, hey, like, but you know, or you, you second can't, league yeah. in assists, right? And then Brian Little have such a quiet year. And I, I realize what you're saying about the injuries and everything. But it uh, it's counterintuitive to think that it was going to be him instead of Wheeler. It's kind of thinking Wheeler. And so right now with Wheeler, what was he got this next year or two years left? He's got one year left. This will be his last. Yeah, this is his last, last season. Contract, and yeah. so we're looking at like the contract. And I, if Brian Little has deteriorated, and Wheeler's supposed to be the one <laughs> that does, I'm a little concerned about that next contract. Yeah, but he, I just, I just can't see. Like, I mean, you know what? Uh, I was sour on the contract when it was signed. Because, yeah, the Brian Little one. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, to to sign him to an extension with a year left, and and him turning thirty is is that's the counterintuitive part to this whole process, right? Right. But when I look at at Brian Little as a whole, as a player, he's he's been great up until he's got his had one off year. Um, Blake Wheeler, Blake Wheeler's um, ascension into the into the upper echelon of the NHL can't be it can't be ignored that he's been playing predominantly with Mark Shifley, who's you know at a top tier NHL also center, a top tier right? Player, yeah. Yeah. So um, you got to take that into account, yeah. right? And you know Brian Little, you know from 2011 has predominantly played with just Blake Wheeler, right? So let's, let's take into account the adjustment that he's had to, had to make not playing with, with Blake Wheeler on his line too, right? So getting used to who, who's around him. And let's, let's be honest, like for as good as Patrick Liney is, um, as the scoring touch that he has, what does he generate offensively? What does he generate puck position wise? Does he drive the play as much as a Blake, Blake Wheeler? No. Right. Right. So, um, you know, Brian Little's probably asked to drive the play a little bit more, being he, with the Ealers. And, yeah, he's probably doing that more than he ever did because Wheeler, Wheeler always has the puck. He's a horse. He's getting there. Yeah, for he's sure. getting there. He's always getting it. So, yeah, yeah I don't think Little, like, he's obviously going to start going downhill, but I think this year might be a little bit back up to what he was. Not as good as he was, but back up a little bit more. To where he probably should be at this age, at this stage. Well, you know, and... you know, if he's 100% healthy, he has a full training camp with with his line mates that, that are going to be ingrained with him all year, right? Then who knows? You know, yeah. he had he had a whole career, yeah, basically with with Blake Wheeler. With one you know? guy, that's a yeah. tough. 
after what? That's all. That's the thing that a lot of people don't look at, right? So, right. Um, a there's point. a reason why they were the number one line and the only line that we had. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, taking that into account, it's uh, if, like, I'm I'm curious what the adjustments would be or what you guys would think would be a good adjustment. If Brian Little has always played with Wheeler, is it good, right, to expect him at 30 years old to be able to sort of be? the mainstay of the line that's going to drive player whatnot or make the adjustments around him that give him another player. Like I remember conversation at the beginning of the season um, talking about uh, Blake Wheeler and Mark Scheifele being two of the biggest drivers in the whole team, right? Mm -hmm. the, the two biggest, right? Um, offensively or, or uh, for forwards, but then having them on the same line, it's n no doubt that they're going to be, a killer line, right? It, it makes sense. Absolutely. So I've always been a, the proponent of let's split them up. And people go, but that line's so good. Well, it's good for a reason. But if you split them up, you could probably push that drive into other lines too. And so I wonder with Brian Little, what you guys think, what would be the adjustment that would suit him as opposed to forcing him to change at 30 years old? Who should his line mates be that are actually going to, what's going to give us success then with Brian Little? Because it wasn't successful enough, right? And there were our injuries, there was adjustment, but I mean, can those adjustments keep on adjusting right. to to get even better? So, so maybe so maybe he's at three C with them, Matthew Pearl, right? Because Matthew Pearl is that guy that that drives. Pearl is definitely yeah. a driver. Little's more of a complimentary player, yeah. you know. He'll be he'll be there, but he's, he's not got driving. The he's the got play. the skill, right? So you know, for years it was Blake driving the play, Lad in front of the net, and Little finding finding them finding the the slots, yeah, yeah, right? So you know, who knows? But I I know that he's not. He's not as bad as as people are are afraid that he is. Right. right. I still think that he has the capability to to rise up and and be a productive player. Right. So still don't like the contract, but he's he getting still perform to it. He's I mean, here. We're yeah, not going to get yeah. rid of it anytime soon. Until right. uh, until Seattle picks him up in the expansion draft. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's right. a, I, I was I said today that I thought um, it would be a buyout. It would be the buyout in the lockout when they give some lockout. Oh, like a complimentary right? buyout. Yeah, or whatever. So, yeah, you get like two of them, right? The two freebies. So that's, the cap, uh, that's what yeah. they did last time. So yeah, that there's no cap penalty, and so in two years after the likely lockout shortened season, there'll probably be a two-year window. Where you get a freebie. That's what it was last time. So I imagine that he'd be it's a candidate. Take, for it's going to take a lot for the Jets to buy anybody out, though. That's so the it, problem with it. It took a Mark Stewart yeah. To, yeah. To, <laughs> to, to see that 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 first buyout, right? Yeah. So that's true. But I guess if you can't move a player and you, I mean, but by that time, like if we're kind of fast forwarding two or three years, you how have, many more yeah. players are we talking about in the lineup, right? Not just of the guys that we have that you know we've kind of moved on. To, like this in two years, the only veterans in the lineup really would be Brian Little. Blake Wheeler and Bufflin, really? I mean, the rest are going to be these young guys that have been drafted in the last. From the original, the yeah. original group would be just kind of those crazy, three. Kind of crazy. To That's think about yeah. That, and even so. and even Perot is kind of sort of right at the end of his contract, close to by that time where it's sort of uh, not negligible who he is as a player. But I mean, he's not probably going to be as big of a key, a uh, big of a cog, right? He'll we're be going to be talking about Gustafsson yeah. then, and we're going to be talking about some of these Vesselainen, right? These other guys that are, are so loading in there. That's right? another question. So where where is he in? Pro's got will have two years left, I think. So Gasolina's got two years then. I guess, yeah. The like, AHL. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that the math we're thinking that he replaces when he goes out? He's got to replace skill, right? So right. Yeah. skill for skill kind of thing, yeah. So I guess unless there's any like the way Kyle Connor came up, right? Pro got hurt. Mm -hmm. That threw Connor on the first line, and he stayed there most of the season. Few. Yeah. It's still interesting to me that 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 type of the development. So where does Kyle Connor really sit? Like right now, 
he needs to be with Shifley and Wheeler because they protect him to a greater extent, right? Yeah, so, that's and that's part of the reason you got you think of forward lines as more two guys plus one. Yeah, yeah, you find that, that, like, an, inter, that like an interchangeable. You yeah. have the the pair Shifley and Wheeler, and then you could put anyone with them, and they'll they'll probably dominate. And, and right? the true two C on this team is Jack Rosselbeck, right? Like that's let's let's just get that out, like. He's the second center of the future. Yeah, might be mid mid year this year. Right? Yeah, so it could very easily be. Right, if they even play him at center. I mean, they didn't really mm-hmm. in too much. He was on the wing quite a bit. Right, but he and he, he didn't is look a out of place anywhere though. Yeah, no, I mean, he never he never looked lost or anything. He lacked the scoring a little bit, but that's to be kind of expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he did dominate the AHL though when he was down the first half of last season, so. and he was noticeable whenever he had the puck. Whenever he and you knew, yeah, you knew he was there. You knew he was there. Where some guys, you'll just you won't hear about them the whole game. They'll just be kind of floating around mm. and stuff. So. You kind of you kind of wait to to see him with the puck because you know that there might be something happening. Yeah, so he's got that kind of skill that yeah. that speed. One move, there. one move, and he'll be gone or whatever. Well, Danny, you'll know this from because you got the moose season tickets, but. He is probably I would put him in like a top three of the passers within the NHL or within the Jet system right now. Um, I think his passing is so nifty, so creative. It's sort of, I mean, some of the ones that have been with the Jets or are with the Jets. I mean, Wellwood would pull out some really nifty passes. I mean, Perot does it, Rosovic does it, and Patan does it. I know some of those names like Patan. People don't want to hear about him. People don't want to hear about Wellwood. He's long gone, right? And some people maybe don't like Perot. But I'm just saying, these are some of like the premier passers that have ever been with in Jets 2.0, and he's in there right now. Like his uh, his vision for stuff that you're like, I didn't even see that. I remember seeing him pass in the moose where he would like saucer the pass, you know, about two feet off the ground in between a defender's legs that's not looking right on someone's tape on the other side who just pots it. And that's so. why that's why he belongs with line A kneelers, right? That would be yeah, because it's... because that's what Paul Stasny still has is creativity. That creativity, and knowing yeah, he's another really one, and he knows where everyone like he knows where the guy he Absolutely. he knows that's yeah, and then he's got the speed, the speed too. Yeah, yeah. you got to keep up. You got to be able to keep up with Ehlers. No, no so one can really yeah, keep up so with that's why, To me, losing Paul Stasny isn't really that big of a loss because he was, he was only ever going to be a rental. Right. Like when we got him. That's at the what deadline, rental players are. Yeah. When we got him at the deadline, was anybody thinking we we're going to keep him long term? No. He was a rental to put us over the yeah over the top, and I think that's all we're going to see, other than the core that that Chevy and the Jets have built for years to come. We're only ever going to get guys at the deadline to help us. They'll play two months or three months right. and whatever, and then they're done, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's, like we were talking off air, that's a good problem to have, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, I use them as an example before, like the Chicago Blackhawks, I mean, you're not that concerned about your first round draft pick because that's, you know, mm-hmm. 29th overall or something, and you can trade that or move that or kind of just let your, just leave your scouting team to, to do it and not think like this is our future because mm-hmm. you have a list of like four or five stars that you build the rest of your team around with complementary players. So once you get to that level, you know, you're looking at a right. couple cup runs, right? And, and that's what you want. I mean, if you can do that and then maybe at some point got to break it all down again, then that's what you do. That's, but I mean, I don't think even Chicago missing the playoffs last year and sort of the situation, if you ask any other fans, would you trade those, what was it, three Stanley Cups in five years or something like that or six years, yeah. whatever it was, would you trade that, uh, trade all those cup things to have a better team right now? They said, no, no, no. no. Like, the, you know, this is, 
you know, everyone has their ups and their downs, yeah. and you, you can't stay at the top forever. Yeah. But I don't think anyone would ever trade their opportunity at no. the top, right? Banners, banners are there forever. Yeah. Those yeah. are in the rafters. You exactly. got those. And in, and in reality, Paul Stasley signed for 6.5 per year. Yeah. The Jets would have had to be at like a 7 million AAV to be anywhere close because the tax advantages yeah. of being <laughs> in Vegas are huge. Yeah. And do you want to be saddled with that till he's 35? No. This is the, and this was his last chance to get a good paycheck too, mm-hmm. like get a good payday. And I mean, can you blame him? No, like, you take. No, Vegas went to the final. Yeah, so why why not? Right? So if he wants to win, he cup, made it further than the Jets. One or That's, the other, and then yeah. he's you know he's obviously offered at least a million dollars more to play in Vegas and. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I saw some people just online say uh, one gentleman in particular that said, you know, I guess he doesn't want to be a winner or something like that. He took the money. I'm like. But he went to the team that went further, and, I, and we we all know that the uh, that Vegas sort of overachieved. But I mean, I think by adding a Paul Stasny, they're showing that they're serious and want to continue to be competitive. Mm-hmm. So they likely are a playoff team. And I mean, they're difficult uh, to play against, though. Yeah, you know, that, I mean, that coach Gallant is he he has them but flying it's, it's, all the time. Yeah, it's super quick forwards, yeah. and you know, putting that pressure on the D and making the D make that first pass is right. is huge. It's how it's how Pittsburgh won the cup, right? With with two and a half defensemen. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 putting the pressure and making 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 teams make. You got to make everyone be on their heels yeah. all the time. That's yeah. how you, and you know we couldn't adjust to that. We couldn't adjust to that heavy forecheck. We couldn't adjust to the speed, even though you know the Jets are a super quick team. Yeah, it's know, a different. I, it's a different kind of speed. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how to describe it quite, but just this, the way they played, they were just always like. It's, to tena- it's tenacious yeah. pressure is what it is. It's sort yeah. of like Tanev with skill. Yeah. Right? Like a the bunch way that... of Tanevs with skill, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, like... <laughs> with scoring a... touch, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I'm getting at there, right? Like, it's sort of... Yeah, there's a there's a high-pressure thing. But uh, interesting, just because you mentioned about uh, Stasny getting paid. So, just kind of rewind to the conversation about Blake Wheeler uh, after this next year. What is what what is his next contract? How old is he going to be, Daniel? You're usually pretty quick with these things. 30, 31? 31, I want to yeah. say 31. I could be That's wrong. That's my guess. That. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes you're, yeah, you're they're little, little the same age. They're right? the same, yeah. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah. Were they drafting the same year? Little and... Wasn't it Lad and Little... Or Lad and uh, Wheeler, I think, drafted in the same year, like fourth and sixth. You guys got your phones out. Yeah. Um, there was... Uh, oh, where'd it go? I'm just curious. Just talk about how close we are to the cap. Wheeler is 31 right now. Okay. He'll be 32 over the summer. Yeah, so he's a year over. Right. Yeah. So his yeah. next contract, and so he'll be 33 by the time his contract ends. Is that correct then? So that'll be he's taking. No, he'll be 32. He'll he's be like, almost 33. You got to take it easy on the back the truck up for Wheeler because he'll know and we'll know that he's on the back nine. Yeah. Right. He'll like, be, he's uh, getting those contracts now. Are the Paul Stastny? Well, <laughs> he's a center though. Okay. Center's worth. That's worth yeah. at least a half million dollars yeah. more. Right? Yeah. And he's, he's a top six center. Wheeler played center. He did. <laughs> he did. Daniel with the facts. So what do you think? You think you think Wheeler's going to demand seven and a half? Wheeler, Wheeler with his 45 I don't know. I don't know. This is where I'm going with it. Uh, well, even just, even if you say five and a half million. Okay, so what's what? Okay, so Which is there's a lot of discussion sense. today was, was the ceiling because of, there's a lot of people discussing that. Mark Scheifele's a ceiling, and we can't offer anybody higher than, right. than Which that, is, right? What is, is 6.2? 6 6.5, I think. Yeah. Six and a half. What's, yeah, what's, what's Bufflin? 7.5? Bufflin's 7. I think it's yeah. 7. 7.5, and, and he's a right-handed defenseman, right? And he signed at, at uh, he was 30 when he signed that contract? Yeah. Yeah. For five so, years, yeah. now look at, look at the economics of, of where defensemen are in relation to right wing. Right. 
defense is definitely more valuable. And right. So where are you going to put Blake Wheeler? Then? Yeah, and you have the inflation too. Inflation of we're at when Wheeler signs, it'll be three years later than Bufflin did at his yeah. seven whatever. But it'll be coming off of a lockout, which will reset the cap to sixty-five million or something like that. <laughs> there will be some sort of reset. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, well, because they're gonna they're they're gonna in, lose money, so there will be a, a slight rollback. It won't be that much. In, it'll be seventy-five in, in million. In a really big way, Wheeler's last contract was his big contract. Right. Yeah, that's true. Because term and dollar that he's not going to get. This isn't. This is, won't be his career contract. Will it just be uh, essentially a continuation? Like if you say it was contract is five and a half million like six or, or something, like something, something like around that. there. Yeah. Would it just be that for another two years? If that's right? what he wants, I if mean, that's what he wants. Because a team, him. that team will definitely overpay him yeah. if he still performs next season. At- I would give him term, and not the AAV, right? So if I would, if he wants to end out his career, three, right, three years at that point. Right. You give it to him. He's your captain. Right? Yeah, yeah. But and I don't think we go. You be go north of six million. Like no, I there's agree, no way. I agree with you. But then with with that, uh, I know we're kind of staying on the Blake Wheeler thing for for a while here. But with that, then um, can we afford that though? Like when you think, I guess we're affording him right now, so it, it really doesn't change anything. If the money stays the same, then yes, you could afford him. <laughs> yeah, like if I it guess... stays in that five and a half to max. Yeah, you gotta you gotta but remember we have a line A at ten. We got million. line A that's going to be upwards of nine million probably. Yeah. Next, at the same time. At the exact same yeah. time. And right. th- that's what I mean. There's going to be some of those other contracts that we know are going to hit already, but then we're looking at potentially, well, probably not the Vesta line in one by that time, I guess. Well, right? but no, you he, know what? But maybe yeah. there would be a necessity to speed that up so that, you know, Matthew Pro is expendable at that point right. in time, yeah. right? So those, those kinds of yeah, contracts, like, and Lowry, too, is he signed a what a two year contract last year three year he's, no he's uh, he's, uh, he's RFA right now yeah yeah okay so he's so RFA they have right to extend now. him this summer yeah yeah but then uh, which cool. they will I'm sure at probably around two and a half I'd say two and a half to three I don't know maybe he gets yeah. a raise but... I know there, there there's so many moving parts like and then Kulikov comes off the books next year right because then so there's four million there and you're likely slotting a Nick 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 you yeah he should be in the lineup this year but yeah. I hope oh uh, absolutely he should be but that's uh that's another, another dreaming. Discussion. Lots okay. of dreaming. So yeah. the the lineups, we kind of touched a little bit on that. So um, where you see Brian Little still as a legit two C, two or three, right? right? So so the way that I come up with my lineups in my head, which is uh, just my thing. I'm curious how, what you guys see about this. I tried to put on every single line, at least the top three lines. I mean, the trekking line. I think we could probably all agree is likely cop, like a fourth line cop, Lowry. Player. Daniel? Yeah, player. Daniel would be nice. Lapon. Guy, would, guy as yeah. they like to write online. Yeah. Guy. Buddy, but. yeah. So, somebody else there, right, that can slot in there. But for those top three, I think I'd like to have somebody that's a puck retrieval person, like somebody that really uh, can drive play. So I think of splitting up. You never have Shifley, Wheeler, or Pro on the same line. I've heard that Pro is supposed to be really good with lining. So line is with Pro somewhere. Um, and then um, I like the Patan and... Um, Wheeler, what they did before, I think there's still potential there. And with um, Connor, and then you slot in the rest of the guys, the Little and Rosovic, uh, kind of wherever it's going to make sense. So that's how I split my lines. You got a driver on each line. You got a probably a sniper on each line. With you, so then you do you you'd have like a third line of Connor, Rosovic, and Ehlers. Is that what I came up with there? No, sorry, Connor was with Patan. Connor, Patan, Wheeler, you probably have. Yeah, and, it was pro- and I'd probably put so Little. So where would Roslovic be in that lineup then? 
That's a great question. I don't know. I, I, so I, I, I you're, 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 you're actually putting Patan ahead of Rosalvik in that scenario. Well, not in the traditional sense, yes. If you're saying first line, second line, third line, and saying oh, my first line is my three best players and my second line are my next three best. But my, my idea is just spreading out Split that talent, spreading out your drivers, spreading out your snipers. So, so Connor, like your kind of your two so snipers. Up the so, middle, so up the middle, it just, just starts to start the lines off. You have, up the middle, you have Shifley. Yeah. Patan. Patan and Rosalvik. I'd probably play him on the wing. Probably little, or I, I like the idea of moving little to the wing, uh, but he would need. Uh, I, the thing is, if he's slowing down, there's so much speed. On like, I like, I like I like Patan too. Yeah, but I think Rosovic would be a better center than Patan. Right. Oh, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. But again, this is spreading out talent. Patan's a complementary player. Rosovic's a borderline star. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there there is a difference between them. I'm not pretending right. that Patan's better, but I'm. Just splitting up that talent a little bit more. So Little or Rosovic would be on the wing or the center of a line. But, you know, those... So it might be like Perot, Little, Rosovic, or Ehlers, right? And I... But I wouldn't put Connor or Ehlers or Line, any of them on the same line. So, but you you said before that Perot is good with Line. Yeah. Okay, so then wouldn't you have... Perot on the left wing and Lainey on the right wing with who at center? Uh, maybe that would be the Shifley one then. Hmm, so you're splitting Shifley and Wheeler? Yes, absolutely. I'm splitting them up. They're two of the biggest drivers. Why Like, why make your your uh, kind of degrade your other lines by splitting them up? And I remember at the beginning of last season, everybody was saying, why are they but together? So that's kind of like robbing from Peter to pay Paul. I don't know. Like, if, if you're just kind of going... Like just as percentages, say your first line is a hundred percent good, and your second line is eighty percent good, and your third line is sixty percent good. Mm-hmm. You can say that's kind of typically how it's been done, or they could all be seventy-eight percent good, right. right? And that's a little bit more so like the Vegas model. And so and then probably, you're saying that because okay, Wheeler and Shifley are electric together, right? That's because they're they're, they're they are, upper though. echelon, right? So yeah. are they are they are they just as good away from each other? With everybody on the team, so I, for me, I'd rather have the heavy hitting line, and then finding the mix with the with with the, the other six, with, with the, the other six, six yeah. that'll perform almost to that level, right? Yeah. So if it's parole with parole with line A, and maybe Roslovic, right in the middle, like how good would that line be? Well, uh, I mean, you talked about the Brian Little thing, playing with Wheeler forever. There's something to be said for continuity. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Wheeler has so, continuity yeah, so with Wheeler, everybody. Wheeler and Little would be, like, that. that's kind of where that might be I it. would go yeah. to have that. But who's going to be as good with Shifley as Wheeler is, right? So that's kind of my yeah. mentality when it comes to that, I'd right? probably put Shifley and Ehlers together. Because they did play, remember they had the Schwielers, Shifley, mm-hmm. Ehlers, and Wheeler? But there was a Wheeler there. There's a Wheeler yeah. there, yeah. But right. I think, so there's I a think... Wheeler that makes it possible for Ehlers to not disappear, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's true, yeah. Good right? point, yeah. But if you put Pro with them, maybe, that might be okay. Yeah, it's just Pro interesting when you look at the lines. Like there's, yeah. I think we all agree that there's, like, if you're looking at the, if you're coming up with the best 12, you know, forwards, you can. There's so much skill throughout that lineup. The top nine is mean, the top nine, right? The top yeah. nine is the top nine. Yeah, we could play nine. with that, and then if we could get 17, 18 minutes from each line, that's yes. that's, that's ideal. Yeah. That's yeah. ideal. And then you know that fourth line with a good 12, 13 minutes a, a game too. That's yeah. You know that's kind of the spot that they they we want to be in, right? Yeah, um, I, I just like the idea of splitting up the the. 
the snipers, as I call them, like Ehlers and Line 8, don't the want natural, them together. Yeah, and, and Connor. I don't think it makes sense for them to, although Connor's a really I think really Connor's more too. of a sniper than Ehlers is, like, to be. Ehlers is more. Ehlers is zone entry yeah, maestro. Yeah. yeah. But but Connor feels like he he can do that. He's got that speed and everything. He, he's, he but he's, he's got really that finish though. Like yeah. so that's that's what Connor has for sure. Ehlers, yeah. And yeah, none of the players are identical to the others, but there mm-hmm. is some combination of them that I just think I'd like to see. And obviously, Patan's yeah. my boy. But Connor's like and Ehlers, yeah. Like when when Kyle, Kyle Connor's in the open in open ice with the puck, like he's oh yeah, he's pretty like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And so it doesn't. It feels like if you could take that dynamic, which is so painful for other teams and split it up so it's like painful and then you also have those guys that go to the corner and then you also sort of have a spread out of the youth and the vets right mm-hmm. whatever the combination is of those things i feel like people put so much uh value on these things that i'm not sure how measurable they mm-hmm. are like um of having a vet with a youth or having a you know a grinder with or whatever but some of those specifically the youth and and the veterans uh the puck retrieval guys and the snipers kind of finding a way to balance all those. I'm okay mm-hmm. with any of that. That's what I'd like to see. And in my mind, to do that to its fullest, to have those three sort of balanced lines, um, you probably are splitting up Shifley and Wheeler. And, and they're amazing because they're amazing. Yeah. But I feel that they could help other people be even more amazing. Like, uh, again, Patan is the best example of this because we all know that he's a complimentary player. Yeah. He's not a star. So if you put him with weaker players, he'll be okay. You know, it'll he'll be, be there, negligible, yeah. but he'll be controversial. But if does does Wheeler... Push Batan's game way up? Yes, because he does it with everyone. But does Batan's game hurt Wheeler? No, it doesn't. He doesn't bring him down at all. And, like, I mean, compared to Shifley, obviously, it's amazing. But I don't think it drops off so much that you're like, I would never put him with it, right? We need to keep these other guys together. Mm-hmm. I think you, you got a bit more flexibility if uh, if you kind of spread it out. So that's what I see. And, any yeah, that's just me. I was asking you guys what you think. So, Roddy, you kind of shared. Daniel, what do you see with the, the lineups this next year? Is there certain players that you think got to go with this guy or that guy what's, what's yeah like time? i said before I'm, I'm about the pairs of guys like two guys that are great together or that play well together you compliments and them. then i fill in right and those are guys you can interchange as well right you could move like we'll use a last year for example like you could switch ehlers and connor right with the well when stastny was there player. yeah like you could put ehlers on line one with shifley and wheeler and they'd still be good. And yeah. you could put Connor down with Stastny and Line A. And they'd, and the they'd, they'd still be fine. Yeah, yeah just, they'd just, still be just, fine. Just listen to what we Like, that's like a luxury. Yeah, know, just like. yeah, just to be able to do that yeah. is just enough, right? Like, that. For sure. all the skill there is... The skill is there. And the fact that we have a top nine that's top three mm-hmm. in the yeah. league is definitely a luxury. And that's something that you got to... Got to use while you have it, right? Before you got to pay somebody or yeah. whatever. So it's, it's 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 like these combos and <clears throat> talking about this is super intriguing. But yeah, but you got to use it now. Like the window but is. We we have to be realistic. Yeah, because we have to look at who's actually deploying. Yeah, who's everybody? Right. right? So who's the uh, who's in charge of that? That's the, that also. So I don't think Maurice will ever split. That's Shafley yeah. That's Wheeler. that's a good point too. Shifley. Oh Wheeler, yeah. They're probably glued. They're they're mm. they're gorilla glued together. So, so. if they're gorilla glued together, where's this, where's the space for Patan to, to crack that top nine? Because he's not. You know, I'd like to see him get some minutes in the yeah. top nine. So, but that that would be if um you know the inevitable parole injury comes about. <laughs> yeah, that's that, and that's yeah the inevitable. <laughs> and you know, and then, you know the the thing about Stasny. 
getting picked up at the deadline is it prevented Maurice from making bonehead lineup calls. Because right? he had the top nine was solid. Like, that yeah. was solid, so solid. Then, you know, you know that Lowry, Lowry, Cop, Tanev were cemented in the fourth line. They yeah. were cemented on their right. 10 and a half a night or 11 a night. Whatever. So it's, it's whether it's whether or not Roslovic can convince Maurice that he's a top nine. Patan as well will have forward. to. Like, yeah. That's the, well, either one of them. Or, yeah. They yeah. need to sell Maurice on the fact that well, we all, they, yeah. they belong. The yeah. Jets also lost. They traded Armia as well, right? So there's kind of two spots right, so that opened up, which yeah. helps, which helps kinda. both of them. Well, kind kinda. of. Yeah. You kind of feel like Tanev in Maurice's mind is probably still going to be headed down on that fourth line, right? Which which isn't. I, I think we probably all agree that's not the right move. I know a lot. Tanev has a lot of fans. Uh, Fanevs, I'll just call them that. I'll just trademark that right now. That would have been that would have been the trade that would have made me super happy. Tanev instead Tanev, of instead yeah. of Armia. Tanev for Tanev for his brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so yeah, the, talking about this, obviously we're talking about ideals. And in ways that we understand, would like to see it, but obviously we're not the ones that get to deploy mm-hmm. the players and everything. Um, I think we all agree that you know, Maurice is—he's uh, endured you know twenty seasons there. I guess he deserves to be there just by you know passing through the sure. attrition of, of coaches. So, and we all like to hear him talk. I think he's a good talker. But he's some of his very use, entertaining. He's yeah. entertaining. Yeah. Some of his usage yeah. stuff is questionable, but it seems like it's gotten better. Like uh, since uh, Vincent was sent down to the Moose. And Kampan sort of it's, you know, got, you know up. his well, how go can ahead. you say his his intelligence seems to go up because the truth is the youth is getting right. in a position to play and right. it's harder to to deny right. the talent that's on the team right so yeah. his the talent level on the team is making him look less dumb because yeah. he he can't make those dumb bonehead decisions because like the did. players are. Good enough to yeah. right. beat his coaching, as we had Unfortunately, said. Unfortunately, though, last year before before Stasny came on the team, yeah. he still made those bonehead decisions. He still had you yeah. know Hendricks in the lineup as a fourth line center. He still he still in the playoffs, you know, and you know he still relied heavily playoffs. on Ben Sherratt. Yeah, like oh yeah, we, did, we haven't really talked about defensemen at all. Yeah, we're just talking about the fourth. which is where which is where who I needs mean. a defense? Win every game ten seven, whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's what Toronto's going to do. That's the right? that's so Toronto's plan. Yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah definitely there are some some question marks. I guess when it comes down to the coaching thing, and that's again we don't get to choose the coach. We don't you know get any no. say in this. Um, but I, obviously, I think we'd all prefer. I mean. He's right now. Maurice is the coach. So right now, there is no better person know, in the world to got, make this we, team we better. Got, we got to the we got to the Western Conference Final. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I said I would I would give him a way more credit for his stuff. But obviously, like you say, the the sort of the talent uh, of the players is probably exceeding the talent of the coach, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better term. And you know, let's let's face it. In the playoffs, Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley really are kind of the two that. Two heroes, yeah. They, that they, that yeah. brought us through the first two rounds, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There, there's a lot to be said. I mean, the coach doesn't get to go on the ice and, and do those things. He no. only gets to deploy them. And every coach, though, they seem to do this at one time. Or, or many coaches. I mean, Babcock been, was criticized a lot last year for some of the players that he played and where he played some of the star players. So I'm I mean, just, I'm just happy that I wasn't conscious when yeah. when Matt, when Matt Hendricks. Was oh, well, Roddy, we're, we're, we're happy to have you back. <laughs> yes. For those yeah, who don't know, the, Roddy uh, was in a coma. <laughs> for how I'm long sh- were you in a coma for, Roddy? 
Eight days. Eight days Roddy was in a coma, but Roddy's doing way better now. Did you miss the double OT game? Against Nashville? The one that, that um, Harrison went to? No, the, the, one, no the one we watched at uh, Max House. Oh, they lost in the... In double the, overtime, yeah, and yeah. Hendricks was gliding back to the bench there. That <laughs> was... Right. I, I think that was one of the first nights I was awake, so... Uh, uh, you, well, it's nice to have you back, yeah, right? Anyhow, yeah, for sure. We'll, uh, we'll keep moving on to some other stuff. So now, I, we kind of just got into a lot of things here, but um, we just had... Heavy hitting. You know, we talked about Stasny, so I don't think we need to hit on that, but we did just have the trade that sent Mason and Armia away. So are you guys sad about that at all? I mean, our goaltending situation in a matter of a couple of days looked like waving or not re-signing... Um, Help me out, Phillips, Phillips. Jamie Phillips, Phillips yeah. right? Losing Hutch to uh, free agency into Florida and Mason to uh, Montreal. And then we've replaced all three of those guys with Daniel, what's his name? Laurent Brospa. There we go. League <laughs> minimum. Daniel, yeah, for league minimum. So are we screwed goalie-wise? Uh, there... You know, his numbers are okay. He had an okay year, what, a couple years ago? Yeah, I mean. 9-20 in 14, in 14 games with the, with the Oilers? Was with it? the Oilers, yeah. The playoff bound Oilers. That was the year they made it there with McDavid. Yeah. So. So yeah. I mean, so. that's kind of inflated, probably a little bit. Right. Kai, I, what did you say? Nine fourteen. It was like a nine twenty something. Was it nine? Was it up? Yeah, because yeah. your average backups around nine ten or so. I guess so. But I feel like a lot of people get a bit more comfortable with the goalie situation if you've heard of the guy before. I mean, if someone says this defenseman playing in some, you know, in Columbus that I've never heard of because I don't pay attention to every single team, they say, oh, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's definitely worth $3.5 or whatever it is. I go, okay, uh, I'll look into that, and I'll see if I trust you. But if it's a goalie you've never heard of that's making league minimum. Because there's only 30 or 60, 62 so goalies. Okay, so let's, let's look at this. Like, um, so is this a bad situation? Go ahead, Ray. I don't know. Eric Comrie is supposed to be a stud. I think I think we moved on. I think Daniel, have we uh, moved on? Daniel has. Uh, you know, I'd love him. I Eric Comrie. He goes to ninety but his, games yeah, a year. Ninety, <laughs> 90 moves games a year. But his, uh, he's just he's incons. He hasn't found his stride yet, and that's kind of Same problematic at this for Hellebuck point. Before, which is right? which is a good point. Right. And one thing that I don't hold against him, but he's like six foot one, not six foot six. Daniel, he's five foot eleven. Or, you know it. Is he five, know, yeah, is he? Five I know you probably stood next to him. Yeah, he's not. A, he's I, not I, a have, I have met him before, but yeah, he's not. No, he's and that. I don't hold it against him. You know, you're, he's still good. Like he's still a professional goaltender at yeah. whatever. But so the who's, goalies, it, who's who's at Devcom? Braden or Michael Braden. Yeah. So he's 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 a decent goalie, right? Yeah, he's gonna be with the Moose. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the reality here, like? Our backup was shit last year. Our backups, we used everyone yeah, our last backups year. Backups were crap <laughs> last Comrie, year. Right? Comrie, Hutchinson, and Mason. And it's not a, it's not ideal that that Hellebuck plays 65, 70 games either. The but... max should be sixty five, no more than yeah. sixty five, because you need him to play another twenty five in the playoffs yeah. if you're going mm-hmm. all the way, right? So yeah. So between what's his name again? Between Brossois. I don't know. Braden. Braden. Burden. No, Brossois and Comrie, I think, are the yeah, two. That those will be, yeah. those, as of today, this very second, those are the guys are fighting they, for the are second. Are they really much, are they really that much off of Mason and Hutchinson For, and for what they produced last year? No, I don't Not think so. Not last, like, workload. Like, Brossois is under 30 NHL games, so was, Com- so was Comrie, where Hutchinson was up at a, 
he played his hundredth game. Mason's played. Yeah, yeah, nine tons. And like, Hutch was yeah. good last year. And Hutchinson, yeah. and his when he was with the Jets, not concussed, he was fine, mm-hmm. and he was a, one of the top AHL goalies as well. So would you, do you would you have a bit more peace if they brought in another goalie, or you think we're okay then, Roddy? Because they're going to be obviously riding heavily hard again. Which is yeah, but is that and like which is what he wants anyways? Too. Yeah, Maurice so. will do that. Doesn't matter if they bring in another. Yeah, Maurice Maurice has a habit of writing. Goalies, yeah, like. So. Right. What did you play Archer's Irby? Like 75 games yeah. in one year or something like that? Like, <laughs> right. Right. So he has... So I didn't know this about Maurice, but I'm not surprised. So that's another one of he his things. He wrote Toskala too. Like, uh, oh, Toskala? Yeah. Uh, or what, okay. uh, however you say it, Vesa. Vesa Toskala. Yeah, 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 you got it right. <laughs> All right. Okay, so the goalie situation, not too concerned. What about- I'm slightly concerned, but... Th- I'm like, concerned either- about DD. Right. To be honest. Yeah. Right. What what we're gonna do at D? And another thing, uh, I'll just add on there at uh, training camp time, like when the teams make their cuts, sometimes a goalie has to go on waivers. That might be a better option than what you have. So because yeah, we have two that can that are free and clear, like Comrie's free. So Comrie's still, uh, yeah, he's waiver waivers fine. Yeah, waiver exempt and Brosswive. Don't know if anyone would pick him up. So yeah, I think right. it's likely a two way. It's just, probably a two-way. They never said anything, but right. league minimum, you don't really, you know. Yeah, no one's fighting for him. Yeah. So I just want to, I just want to get the Truba signing announced. Yep, we need Truba announced. We need Hellebuck announced and too. Hellebuck and Hellebuck, too. Yeah. Morrissey. 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 Patan. Why is there so many names here? Patan. <laughs> yeah, Patan's on there. Yeah, Lowry as well. Lowry. Yeah. Um, were you guys sad about Armia? Is there? You do you lose any sleep or no? No, he's just a, a Finnish guy that really couldn't finish, really. For, yeah, for, yeah. For longest time, I mean, so for for being drafted, what fifteenth overall, in the for, or, or something yeah, like that, same year as Shifley. It's kind of well, the numbers you know after the the sixth pick are like very slim, right? Right. What 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 are the stats? Like about real oh, NHL, the, out of the know, top ten, top, year, top flight or, NHLers out of the top ten, right? Yeah. Um, you just kind of think. Well, I'm he, uh, for draft positioning. He was drafted higher. Than I believe Roslovic and Connor, if I'm not mistaken. I think weren't they 17 and 21 or something? Yeah, position wide, like and round. I think yeah. Armia was drafted 15. I'm right. kind of. But uh, you, you got you to look at the strength of those draft years too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, For there's sure. lots of variables each year as well. Yeah. Like in Connor, dropped severely. Yeah. Like Boston dropped the ball big time. Yeah. They had like <laughs> three picks, three chances to. What was it? Barzal, Connor, and uh, I can't remember the other guys at Killington. I think I've uh, there, there's some, some someone's la- will laugh yeah. at me for a saying of, that. You know, a but... lot of people drop the ball in Rosalvik too, right? Yeah, so, Ross, yeah. yeah. But that was and Stanley. Yeah, well, pass. Can we just not? I don't want to spend any time on Logan. No, we got to spend no time on Logan <laughs> Stanley. Okay, we won't do that. Okay, well, uh, is there a... okay. You you mentioned the the D uh, for the next season. What do you, what's your Obviously, concerns. the left side is a big concern. We have, you know... Okay, go. what's the depth chart? We're starting Morrissey, then second line. Who is it? Well, you know, we signed Morrow, right? Joe. Joe Morrow. And, Kul- and Kulikov and, and Sharap. Well, Kulikov's half a defenseman. His back's screwed. Right. Yeah, he might He might even be a long-term So IR that guy, would be so. best-case scenario to me if he was long-term IR. He saved the four mil, I guess. Yeah. But that would be, that would be mean, the biggest... Right? If his back is... Is screwed, which it probably which is. is second and if I'm him, yeah. I'd rather sit on and get paid anyways, right? Okay, so so Kulikov is not even he's not 
barely a question mark for next season? Well, I don't know. He's, he'll probably slot in there for sure. Like, if he's healthy, he's he's. Okay. I'm sure he'll be recovered. I mean, I don't, it, I don't really know what the extent of his. In- but he's been injured every year. Right. And if he is healthy, then he's the second left side deep. Which is pretty scary. Right. Yeah. So then you don't see Niku jumping him? Like, I, I mean, I wish. I we, wish. we know what we wish for, but what's Maurice going to do? He's going to throw a Sherrod in there. Or is he going to throw left side Myers on the second pair with Buff? <laughs> That'd be the dumbest oh, move boy. ever. I'm just, my question is, <laughs> or does Buff go left side and Myers plays right side? It would be, yeah. if I were writing it's it down, just, yeah. If I were writing it down, it would be Morrissey, healthy Kulikov, and then Sherrod Morrow. Brother See, Morrow, one or the other. I'd, yeah. I'd sooner put Pullman on the left side. The and pairing. like Pullman would also, I guess, Sherrod yeah. Morrow, Pullman. But he, three he options there, like, and then on your right you got you got Truba Bufflin and Myers, Myers. potential. But left we're side trading. Myers. We're, we're trading Tyler Myers. You still think that's happening? You think there's for, a trade for Oscar Gold? Clefman. Okay, <laughs> there is. And Pullman slots in on the, in the third pair. My ideal and Clefbaum and Bufflin. Oh, yeah. my ideal right now, given <laughs> because I, right. if if Myers is around. My right side is obviously Truba Buff. Uh, then I'll go with Myers. And then Pullman left side, Kulikov, My- uh, Morrissey. I'm going up the other way on the other side. But if Myers isn't there, then Pullman's your third. And uh, probably, actually, no, sorry, I'll take that back. I'd have right now Morrissey, Truba, Niku, Buff, and then Kulikov, Pullman. I think Niku's ready. And Myers is gone. I mean, they, but it. you know what? He's got to. He's got to. He's got to get over the stigma that you know defensemen's already till they're twenty four, twenty five, right? One and the person he has to prove that to is, is pretty old school yeah. too, right? So gotta prove that's, yourself. Prove it's your birth. hugely problematic because what's problematic is signing Moro to me. Is the well, mentality of signing Moro when you have a Sherrod in there, kind of like six one half a dozen of you. They signed right? the right. same guy. Yeah, <laughs> they signed. Yeah, so that's what's ben problematic. Joe Sherratt, Joe Morshiat. But you know, you know what? I can't question the development too much because look at where where they are right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So they know what they're doing. Like obviously, there's some kind of pl- there is a plan. Mm-hmm. We just can't decipher the plan, which is probably a good and thing. We may I guess. think we're smarter than everybody that's in the organization, but they're they're you know. If you would have told me they would have had the year that they did last year and, and the youth played as much as they did, I would have thought you were crazy. But, I mean, you know, yeah. yes, yes, Perot had to get hurt for Connor to get inserted. Right. And, yes, he started off the year in the AHL. Yeah, because he wasn't ready. Yeah, but the, he's firmly entrenched now. Yeah, yeah. He's he, not going anywhere. Connor's no. not going anywhere. Yeah, for sure. The uh, one that's a question mark for me is – and I'm not a fan of this player. Let it be known. But uh, Tanev – he that that line playing with Lowry obviously was probably I've heard it described as being more than some of its parts when he had Cop and, and Tanev on his wings. So, but Tanev doesn't. I know he can't keep up, sort of looking and be looking impressive to people. Like it just no. seems like he's due for an obvious regression because he is not that good. And I'm not being mean. He is very fast. He's good at that. Uh, he does hustle. But I mean, his his hockey IQ is has gotten better. I mean, I I said it, and this this will sound a little bit mean, but I said this in the Tim Rott. I said he's improved so. I watched him with the Moose, and, and I said he's improved so much that finally he's shitty, right? Like that's kind of how I, <laughs> I see Tanev. But I but feel yeah. like this last year was an overachievement. Can he keep that up, know. or is he gone? I don't know. You know, is he a thirteenth four, or is he in the lineup? 
Huey and Simpson were enamored with him too, right? Right. Like, like, like the, any broadcasting is enamored they, oh, with him. Love him. Love the speed. Yeah, Get to the corner. Because you, you notice speed. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You notice it. And, but the, and, the, and, and, and this, this fan base... Is in love they also love that yeah. too, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. And Paul Maurice loves that kind of yeah. kind of shit. That's why Ben Schrott still has a job because he can throw the big hit once hits, in a yeah. while. Yeah, but the, I guess uh, it, it's true because if you're just looking at it from a purely visual perspective, you notice Tanev. But my mm-hmm. problem with that is people always say, "Oh, he hustles so much." I'm like, I actually don't know how hard he works or how hard other people work. So you can't say that he works harder than Dano. He just looks like he's because he's, 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 he's like the Tasmanian devil. Yeah, you yeah. notice when he's working, but some of those other people that are maybe going to the corners and getting the pucks. So this is right? this, this is my maybe a little this, bit this is right? my inherent problem with with hockey though. Right, the hockey out of all the big four sports, right, is, is lacrosse, badminton, hockey, <laughs> bowling. <But> even, <laughs> hockey is even behind baseball as far as putting people in the lineup that are productive. Right, you know what I mean. Like, uh, you, optically, a guy can get away with, you know, being the glue guy and still be a a big part of a the a hockey team's lineup, right? right? In other sports, the analytics have taken over and yeah. performance matters more. Yeah, like it, this still very much. The, the, this is a, my problem with hockey. It's still very much the old boys club it's type behind, of mentality. Yeah. Yeah. it's behind, you know, the times as far as you know, actually putting. Putting players that that are most productive on, on play the your ice, best right? guys every night. That's, right. Yeah, yeah. Because in, in hockey, somehow you got to have that guy that's pedal to the metal and yeah. and is is grinding out and, and giving his 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 a effort and has his heart on his sleeve all the time. Yeah. That's hockey. Yeah. Which is funny because uh, maybe compared to say basketball, where players would be on like a LeBron would be on for forty eight minutes. I mean. So, so if Tanev wears or, or Hendricks, you're talking about the room guys. Um, if Hendricks, when he was here, goes out and plays his heart out for eight minutes, <laughs> it like eight minutes out of sixty, it's like what, what his impact is, is, is minimal and it's almost negligible. That's why, that's why it's that's it why the, that's where the me, problem because right? you could have a guy play twelve minutes, yeah, who might actually produce would would produce more if you're paying twelve compared mm-hmm. to eight, or you'd have a bigger impact anyway. Right. Whichever, whichever way, yeah. And the the lack of impact of that line in the playoffs, like towards the end of it, like I mean, you knew that there wasn't it wasn't ever going to be any scoring production. Out the of fourth line, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah know, that's true. Whenever they're on the ice, you know, you know, and which which, which frustrated me because you, you would know, just come Maurice, out of the coma to Maurice watch this? would make that line. No, but Maurice <laughs> would make that that matchup right where he put that fourth line against the Marshall line or or whatever that is in. You know, and, and didn't combat the skill with skill because at game one, you know, you know, Shifley and Wheeler kind of overpowered and outshone their their first line, right? But that mentality that you got to put the checking line on the number one line, yeah. killed us. Right, it killed us like, yeah. to 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 a greater extent, right? So yeah, even in the like even in the Nashville series, that end of that series, that mentality of of not putting the top line against their top line, kind of kind of killed us. Too right, so that's what concerns me on that end, right? That deployment, that that usage, and everything right. yeah. else. And if you're if you're asking me if Tanev's going to be in the lineup, but it's to me, it's a foregone conclusion that he's right, right, yeah, because he's that guy now. He's the Thorburn, he's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like that doesn't make sense, but he's going to be inserted because he's 
you know, he flies around there and he'll, he'll hit flailing something. his arms and looking really fast yeah. and, and trying to line up guys and hitting the wall because he's missed the guy that he's giving a and hit And then to there's a three-on-two. Yeah, the other way. Three-on-one yeah. or whatever. Um, so, Roger, I'm going to leave you out of this part of the conversation because you weren't there, but uh, Daniel, you and I both attended the development camp. Um, what day did you go on, by the way? Uh, the first day was the Tuesday, right? Yes. Is that the first official day they had the Yeah, you weren't the there testing. that day, I don't think. The testing the on the testing was the Monday. Monday, yeah. I went Tuesday. Yeah, I was there Tuesday, yeah. Why didn't why didn't I see you? I was there Tuesday. Uh, I was there Tuesday and Thursday. Oh. Okay. I didn't even know. Oh. All right. Well, well we'll talk about this off air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably walk by you a bunch of times. Probably. Um so what do you think of the the camp? Was there I know it's just a camp, it's a couple of days, whatever we get, get these guys in. Was there any players that kind of stood out where you're watching Veselinen and Oh Veselinen was wasn't playing on the Tuesday. That's correct, because we were both there. He, he had the injury or minor, very minor injury or whatever they called it. Uh yeah. From what I, I saw, I missed the second half of the D group because they did forwards first and then right. the D men. They don't want to watch Stanley anymore, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like Gust- Gustafsson. Gustafsson, that yeah. Gustafsson, that's yeah. He looked he looked pretty good, pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, it was hard to see that that day. Like, it was really oh, humid. The, yeah, that's that, right. They had all foggy glass. Yeah. yeah, they didn't fix that till about the Thursday. I think they it fixed was, it. Oh, they the did. Wednesday it. was still bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was hard to see, you know, see who was really getting in there and stuff. But, like, Gustafsson, he looked pretty good from what I could see. Right. Uh, I'm trying to remember the guys' names now. Uh, there was... I was I was paying close attention to that one the one guy from Manitoba there. Justin Lee, I think oh, his yeah, name was. From the Verdon from Ver- yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just watching just to see, you know, how he's kind of stacked up to the other the top Jets prospects. And right. He seemed like he, he, he was held pretty. He was pretty quick. He was holding his own. Yeah, he's a bit, little bit smaller guy. Yeah, a few of the drills he kind of got lost in a little bit, but yeah, that's kind of expected from that. Uh, as for the the main prospects, like CJ Cease was there, yeah. formerly CJ Franklin. If anyone missed that or whatever, yeah, uh, his mother's maiden. Yeah, his name mother's maiden name. Yeah. Uh, who else? What was the guy with the hair there? Uh, Preston. Preston. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I was talking with Brian, and he said he is—he wasn't drafted. He's uh, oh, invite. Oh, okay. And he's going back to play at. Uh, Are you guys rating flow? Ohio State. He had great. He flow. had great. Yeah. Flow. He had the best hair yeah. easily. He might have the best hair in the league, and he's not even in the league. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, it's, it's a good. nice beach vibe, kind of curly. Yeah, yeah. Like a big better afro. than Besser. Oh yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. yeah. Oh yeah, he has an afro that. Have like, you ever seen a uh, half the way out? He's got beautiful hair. Yeah. It was really cool. I'm trying to think of the guy. That's going to turn into Scullet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he he looked all right. I mean, just an invite, so he's probably not going to get anything out of that. Maybe he will move depth or something. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of anyone else that I know, like that I actually noticed and paid attention to. Right. You were right, but the 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 thing was foggy. You didn't get to see much of the goalies because I think they did most of their work on the other ice, and then at first they were right up against the glass too. So you couldn't even you couldn't yeah. even get a sense for their size. But I think they're all the same size. I mean, like you said, Roddy, that gentleman, uh, I keep, Burden. Keep, Burden, Burden, yeah. yeah, he's he's a moose player, right? And so he's really the only one of those guys to to watch right now. I think Arvid Holm was uh, drafted last that year. That was last year, yeah. Uh, but I don't think he's he's maybe a Jamie Phillips type, you know, kind of a moose depth in just the future a, just kind a of goalie. thing. Yeah, so, yeah. But, yeah, um, so for me, when I was there, I kind of noticed a lot of the same stuff, same players. Uh, people I was looking out for was uh, Sandberg. I mean, I, 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 
I can't believe I didn't see you there. I, uh, Murat was there and I called him over and we were chatting for like most of the time, <laughs> but we were talking about the, the, um, the defenseman for quite a while and, um, really keying in on, uh, Luke Green. I want to say Josh Green all the time, but Luke Green and, um, Sandberg. And to me, watching them kind of do those drills. And again, it's just development camp. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of young guys, some guys that obviously this is their first time getting an experience like this. Um, they seem like light years ahead of everybody, yeah. honestly, the way that they move. And Stanley, for all the criticism that I've given him, for sure, and I know you guys too, um, he never chose to be drafted where he was drafted. He maybe should have been drafted in that draft, but in the fourth or fifth round. But, I mean, he puts in the work. He looks like he's working really hard. I mean, it, I, I think he like he looked like a hockey player, but a hockey player that just, like many of those forwards and many of those guys, they're not good enough. I mean, in the development camp, as far as you're talking like future NHLers with Veseline and not even on the ice, mm-hmm. you're looking at Gustafsson and you're looking at Green and Sandberg are the obvious ones. I mean, there might be another one or two. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to kind of poo-poo on somebody who's drafted in the sixth round. But when you're talking about people that are That we would have seen and saw in this last yeah, and, and they're, yeah. yeah, and they're going to make an impact and they're well, going to be an NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Luke Green, he's listed as six two, and I can guarantee you, he's, he's more like an Enstrom. He's no, he's he's probably six feet. I said he was five eleven, five ten, but then I saw him stand to some other guys, and he he's a little bit bigger. I, he's probably six feet, but like just not. He's not a big guy though mm-hmm. by any stretch. And then Sandberg, I think, is like six three. Like I last year, I went with my kids to to watch, and I watched them do the dry land running and stuff. Mm-hmm. My kids were bored. Mm-hmm. Out of their minds. They're like, why are we here? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, well, you know, these sweaty players are coming out. I'm like opening the door like, hey, Sandberg or Vestline. And I chatted with him for a little bit there. And my kids are like, this is so stupid. But Sandberg, Sandberg is a decent-sized guy. I mean, uh, definitely. Um, but he's, he's got some good skill. Like, uh, he's he's a good player. Yeah. And, Sandberg uh, looked pretty quick. I, yeah. Just, just. And where is he this year? Like where's he? He'll be in. I think his college. He goes to Minnesota Duluth. Duluth, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and I think he didn't make the the under twenty team this last year. Like the this, the, the national development. Uh, no, uh, well that too. I think that's uh, is that younger? Is that under nineteen? But he didn't make the world junior. Oh, team. the juniors. Oh, okay. Yeah, because their team, the Minnesota Duluth, they were kind of shit in the bed, whatever, and then a bunch of their players left, and I don't think he got invited, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong about this. And then those players all came back, and all of a sudden they just killed it after the, the break there, and they ended up winning the, the whole tournament. Oh, okay. I mean, they were, so they he's, were, he's 19 this year, right, or 20? Well, he's drafted last year. So, so he's 19, 19, probably turning 20, he's right? Like turning 20, I guess. That's it. So he, I, he's probably eligible to be mm-hmm. uh, World Juniors. Um, I don't know if he's going back to Minnesota Duluth uh, I was going to ask you actually if he's going to be a moose this year, because I know you're going to be going to games. But... He'd have to, yeah. Well, he'd have to forego his college, which well, some of the guys maybe, if they're not guaranteed the NHL, they probably won't. Right. I would rather stay get some education as well at that. Yeah, I haven't heard anything, so my guess is that he's going back he'll, to college. Yeah, he'll again, be. Yeah. Um, for I would another say, year, yeah. and probably, and given sort of his development and uh, how well he did on that team and. The role he played, I'm going to guess that he's likely a world junior if player you're not, as well. If you're not, yeah, if you're not at the level of a Kyle Connor, then you're, you're staying in school. Yeah, you want to stay. If you got a free ride, right? So might as well take it. If yeah. you're not guaranteed, like yeah. the guaranteed Connor was going to play, right? Like, yeah. Sure. Well, he, he, yeah, he didn't. <laughs> he shows. Well, he, he yeah, played well. a year with the Moose, right? And he yeah. killed it, right? So, and then he, he yeah. 
they played that full year and won every single award that the Moose have at the end of the season, right? So um, he did good. But, yeah, so for, for me, those were the defensemen. I know people get real excited about some other guys, but just, I, I don't know. I don't. I feel like I have a decent eye for this stuff. And then I was kind of, like, talking with Murat, who kind of confirming some of the things. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm on the right path here. And he's not a huge prospect guy, but just saying what he knew about some of these guys, I was like, okay, I think I'm on the right track. I mean, Cedarholm, I was really oh, underwhelmed with. One thing, Cedarholm, three picks later, number 100, that draft was Victor Mete, which is basically a Canadian Toby Enstrom. Right. Yeah. So mm. that, seeing that now is kind of like it hurts a little bit. Yeah. But, well, because Cedarholm is that's going to hurt you, like the, yeah, <laughs> like the whole Logan's family. Like, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> well, they were hey, taking hey, the same draft, like, like Sam Girard, right? Like, yeah, there's 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 a kid that we could have had in the spot that we were in without the trade, yeah. and still have, you know, the good second round pick, and he's <laughs> killing it. Like uh, we were talking about the Stanley pick that we're yeah, not talking yeah, about. Like, I mean, yeah, that we're not. Yeah, <laughs> so that the original second pick, right? The twenty third. That was overall. my pick. Sam Girard, right? And my, that, mine you know. was Henrik Borgstrom, who won a national championship in Denver. And yeah. He's playing in Florida, so he's the center. I was so happy about landing at that time, so I didn't really, <laughs> you didn't uh, care. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really notice. Right know, but if anything was going to damper, like put a damper that would on probably that whole thing have been it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, the the one thing you could do wrong, you did it. <laughs> right? It was like the joke, running joke. Yeah, you know, they're going to probably trade up and pick like a Logan Stanley. Nothing happened. Right. Oh well. Uh, anyways, that, is, that was that, a, I didn't want to that was a panic right. move. But anyways, yeah. His highlight reel from this year was very promising. Stanley, yeah, yeah. his offense really progressed. I guess yeah. is uh, yeah, his still the skating and speed thing is an yeah. issue and will be until he can figure that out. But he's got he a has, he, has, he, has got, he has more offensive upside he's, than Sherrod. Yeah, yeah, oh, he's so got right. a shot. He's got a yeah. cannon. Yeah, like so. sort of Sherrod, but. Yeah, he won fast. Yeah, hardest, hardest shot. shot. 102 miles yeah. an hour or whatever it was, right? Probably hardest hit, too. Yeah. <laughs> hardest and hit and longest two-on-one against as well. He's dreamy, too, right? So yeah. that's... Uh, that's uh, not true. I've yeah. we've talked... We, Daniel, we talked about this. Uh, oh, yeah. Other, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't find Ben Schrott to be a good-looking gentleman. But you're a guy. No, I'll tell you who is good-looking. Marco Daniel's the best-looking jet. <laughs> easily. Morrissey and, and Wheeler are probably second place. Marco Dano looks like one of those creepy Eastern European guys. Yeah, he is. He is Eastern <laughs> European. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. He is what he is. So it's a good look. A, a European. It's a good look. Everything's cropped nicely. And, you know, they. he needs a bit of facial hair. Something kind of cool. Maybe like a yeah, V for Vendetta. Looks like a man job. Yeah. And, yeah, we're getting really close to an hour. So I think we'll cut it off there, guys. And That's come cool. back another time. And that is it for episode two. Pretty simple, but hopefully you liked it. I'm sure you're yelling into your earbuds or at your car stereo listening to some of the nonsense that we said. But it was fun to do. Hopefully it was fun to listen to. Um, you can tell us if you liked it or didn't like it or agreed or disagreed by reaching us at um, Jetcentric on the Twitter machine. You could email us, jetcentric at gmail.com. Or you can leave us up to a one-minute message, voice message, if you're using the Anchor app. Just find us there, obviously, Jetcentric as well. And uh, if you have some good uh, comments or questions or criticisms, we can actually add them into the episode. It's kind of fun. So you, the listener, get to play along. We're also going to 
add a hashtag at some point on Twitter where people can ask us questions and, and stuff too that we can add to episodes. So that's good. Uh, remember, you can definitely find us already on Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and Anchor. Obviously, I just mentioned it earlier. And iTunes. Waiting on the iTunes ones. Not sure what's, uh, what the holdup is, but we're going to be on iTunes. Um, Google Play, I believe, will not be hosting podcasts in the future. So some podcasts that already existed um, are on Google Play, but all new ones are on Google Podcasts. So I don't think we'll be on Google Play. So don't look for us there. Just download Google Podcasts. You're going to have to eventually anyhow. You're going to add a great listener. So there you go. That's where to find us. That's where to reach us. Hopefully enjoy it. Like I said, episode three and four are going to be very different style. Going to have a whole bunch of different hosts uh, interviewing a bunch of different people. And uh, a a bunch of the people being interviewed are American, (laughs) which is kind of different. Um, Anyhow, that's it for me. I'm going to be quiet. And that's episode two. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Okay, see you next time. Come back.